gentlemen, welcome back to today's episode of Uncaped Heroes. I'm very grateful that you've taken some time out of your day to sit back, relax, and meet yet another ordinary person that does extraordinary things in the lives of those around them. I am Stacey Johnston, honored to be here with you today as your host. I am riding solo today. My co-host is busy with summer camp and jiu-jitsu and three kids, so we'll let her have a day off, and I'm taking the reins on this one all by myself. And uh, I, I will tell you that, you know what, I think I'm just going to bring in my guest, and she and I are going to have this conversation. So ladies and gentlemen, let's bring in this Colleen Mitchell. How are you today? I'm doing great. Thank you. You're welcome. We're really glad to. Thank you very much for joining us all the way from Missoula, Montana. We're, we're glad to have you. West Texas welcomes you from Montana, for sure. Thank so, you. Tell me what intrigued you. I'm going to have this conversation with you. When you heard about Uncaged Heroes and we talked about what the podcast was about, what intrigued you to come and actually do this show with us? Well, I think the idea of, like, kind of ordinary heroes, there are so many of those kinds of people out there, and they, I think because they, are, they consider themselves ordinary, they don't really feel like they can go and talk to people about what they do. But I really think that what I have to talk about it could be considered like an uncaped hero, even though like, um, like not many people, so not many people out there are, are talking about what I want to talk about. And over the past several years, I've gotten a lot more comfortable with talking about it. And I've kind of been living into my own definition of what I consider a hero, which I think we'll talk about down the line. I love it. I can't wait to hear about it. So kick us off, Colleen. Um, tell us, who is Colleen Mitchell? What do you do? How come you do that, and how can people connect with you and your services? Yeah, so I help women with type 1 diabetes rebuild confidence after a diagnosis. I'm a life coach. I'm an epic fantasy novelist. I'm a podcast host. Um, as we already said, I live in Missoula, Montana uh, with my husband, and we have a cat named Luna. I've had type 1 diabetes for almost 27 years, so that is a really big driver for what I do. My podcast is called This Is Type 1. It's on all the podcast networks. We talk about real-life real stories with type 1 diabetes. I'm on Instagram, at Inspired Forward. We also have a podcast Instagram, is uh, at This Is Type 1 Pod with the numeral one. And then for my epic fantasy novels, that's at Talam Books on Instagram, T-A-L-A-H-M Books. And then uh, websites, I have inspiredforward.com for my coaching in the podcast, and then talam.com for all the book stuff. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Hit the mute button. Ha! My wiener dog was going to burn. I was muted and just talking to you up a storm. <laughs> Got the mute button on. So I think that's beautiful. I love, thank you for all the ways that people can connect with you. So take a minute, Colleen, and tell us, you said that you were a health coach. So how do people connect to your services? What does your program look like? How do they utilize it? And what do you teach them? Yeah, so I want to be very clear. I'm not actually a health coach. I'm a life coach. And there's a difference in that, whereas I think health coaches need to have some kind of certification or credentials in the health space. And I focus entirely on the mindset piece of, of um, thinking about your diagnosis and how you want to approach your life with diabetes on purpose, 
but through that mental lens. So I don't, I don't care about your A1C, your weight, like um, what you eat, how much you exercise. None of that actually matters to me. I care about how you're thinking about it. And so how people would work with me is reach out to me on either Instagram or my email all through my website. And we set up a one-on-one -on -one call just to find out if it's uh, a good fit to, to talk about how to rebuild your confidence after that diagnosis. And then depending on that conversation, I will offer um, a particular length of a program, particular price that is uh, in the best interest of that person. I love it. So no cookie cutter programs are all individually geared toward that individual's needs. Yes. I love that. Yes. I think there are so many cookie cutter programs that come, come pay one price, get one solution, and that, you know, I don't know how many of them actually work, you know? So let me ask you this. Yeah. As you, as you walk through and you manage your type 1 diabetes, and I've got several friends that are walking this path, so I'm already excited about sharing this podcast with them. <laughs> I'm already excited about connecting them with what you do. But as you walk through that, right, and, you're, and you're learning all of those things, how much do you uh, – uh, I, I really like the fact that you're working the mental aspect, okay? Do you feel like that's a huge component mm -hmm. of what's missing in healthcare? Oh, Is absolutely. That component? I don't think that – yeah, I don't think many um, like diagnosis encounters include the mental health aspect. I talked to so many type 1 diabetics who, who were diagnosed and the doctors just didn't hold space for them. They didn't um, give them the resources that they needed. They didn't provide uh, op options for mental health support or just emotional support in general. There wasn't an opportunity to connect with a community. And those are all of the really important pieces because you can master the metrics of diabetes, you can master your blood sugar, you can master uh, like how well you take care of yourself. But if you don't have those other pieces of it, you're missing the whole picture. You're missing out on an opportunity to have a really rich life, not in spite of diabetes, but because of it. And that's what I focus Amen. on. Amen. What a beautiful aspect. So I'm going to go ahead and say thank you for the space that you provide for so many people out there that are probably looking for that very thing, just a place to not be okay with it for a minute, a place to need to understand it, a place to recognize it's not just about the medicine and the numbers, right, but it's about so many other yeah. things. So I will, I will say thank you to the masses for the space that you provide for that. I accept that. Thank Absolutely. you so much for saying so. You know, that's one of the most beautiful things that I've recognized in doing this podcast is how much there is being provided around the world for people to just go, you know, they just got space to go, it's okay to not be okay with that over here. Come on, we'll get better here. And there's so yeah. much love and there's so much offering. It's, it's a beautiful thing to see. Right? If you watch the news and, and get hung up in the social media world, it's dark out there. And they need you to believe that it is so that it can see that underneath that there is this glow of magic of these people around the world that are just reaching out to take hands with the next person to go, we're separate, but I got you. And, uh, it, it's a yep. beautiful thing to see. Yeah. It's a beautiful thing to see. Okay, let's take this in another direction. 27 years is a long time, right, to manage diabetes. And, and you've had a lot of experience from that young lady to this beautiful lady that you stand is now with this space provided. So in that walk for you, if you had to come up with a definition for the word hero, what would that definition be? And then who have you met along the way? I mean, and granted, we know that there's sometimes hundreds of heroes in our lives, right? They come along at all different times. But who's someone you can pick out that, you, that meets that definition for you of a hero? 
So I think a, a hero is someone who does or says what's right versus what's easy, or as opposed to someone who stays silent. I think that those people are the ones who show up in ways that we really admire and that we want to aspire to be like. And um, I mentioned earlier that I'm uh, an epic fantasy novelist, and one of my big inspirations for my book series was the Harry Potter series, which has been part of my childhood and remains so. And one of my big heroes is actually Hermione Granger. And she is one of the three main characters in the Harry Potter series, if you've never read it, which if you haven't, I would be astonished. But Hermione stood up for what was right, even in the worst of times. She spoke up for those who couldn't speak up for themselves. And she put herself in positions to make a difference regardless of what other people thought. And while I was growing up, I, I, I kind of, I admired those things, but never thought I could be in a position to be like her. But through my experience with coaching and being coached and coaching other people and just kind of steeping myself even more into the diabetes community and into the things that I want to talk about, I'm seeing myself start to embody things that Hermione would be proud of. And I think that is just the most mind-blowing transformation of all. Hmm. Well, that's cool. I love that. That is definitely an original hero. I love that. I love that you pointed that out. You know, when we when you hear the word hero, everybody's I think instinctually or sexually goes to Marvel Comics, Superman, Batman, right? And that's who the heroes are that are laid out <laughs> in the world, <laughs> right? And then you go to this next realm of the the wealthy corner office, you know, high rank, big social profile, the the Michael Jordans of the world, right? And then when we yeah. have these conversations, what we learn is that heroes are my mom, my dad, my third grade Sunday school teacher, yeah. my husband. Why? Because they are those ordinary people that come alongside you and do something extraordinary in your life. They don't have to change the world. They just have to change your world. And That's I, true, it, yeah. It, oh, the stories are just beautiful. Love it. All right, let's move on. Go. We've got your hero, and that's a beautiful, what a beautiful point to make with her with her character. All right, I appreciate that. So in this journey, if there was a life lesson that you've learned along the way that everybody ought to get to know, not necessarily the hard way, right? What is the life lesson you'd like to share with the world? That everything in our lives that has happened has happened for us, not to us. If we choose to look at those, the circumstances of life through the lens of it being for you instead of to you, I think we're far more likely to have a really rich life experience. So even the hard things like diagnoses, which is what I talk about, deaths of loved ones, which I've had in the past few years, and the global catastrophe that we are currently in, all of these things can offer opportunities for us to practice self-compassion and actually feel our feelings. And that is one of the biggest things that I see with people is we were never really taught how to actually process and feel our emotions in a healthy way. And it's coming out now as um, different mental health disorders is coming, coming out as people feeling like they can't emote at all. It's, it's, I think not being able to feel our feelings is such a big problem. But if we think about things happening for us, not to us, we're far more likely to embrace all of those things, including the negative emotions. You know, I have used that phrase right there so many times in my own coaching, you know, business, and I work with people, and I go, 
<laughs> one of the things we have to switch is the mentality of why is this happening to me to yeah. why this is happening for me for a reason. What am I getting from this? And until you can make that pivot and begin to look for what you're gaining from it as opposed to what you feel like you're continuing to lose from it, <clears throat> it's never going to get better. Right? You've got to make that pivot, yeah. just like you said, and you've got to recognize that this is for you, not to you. It feels like it's to you. Right? It feels like a personal, and, and we, I think that's all our first emotion is, oh, my gosh, why is this happening to me? But it needs to be a thought on your way to, now, what's this about for me? And that's a hard pivot, but what a beautiful, yeah, and the, beautiful life lesson. Thank you. Please, go I ahead. I mean, it's, also, it's not to say that having, um, having that initial reaction of why is this happening to me, it's not to say that's wrong. It's just to say when, like, when you are, when you, can you get to a point where you can see this is happening for you? Because when we're in the, in the middle of those big activating emotions, it's really hard to see things objectively like that. So giving yourself that space to be in the it's happening to me phase before you get to the it's happening for me phase, allowing yourself that space is also really powerful. Oh, I believe so. That, I think that's how you, where you learn to understand self-grace. We're so apt to give that grace to other people as they walk through whatever they walk through, but we are not so apt to give that very same grace to ourselves and let us be sad about it or walk through the emotions that come around that on that way. So, beautiful lesson yep. in self-grace for sure. I love it. Thank you. That's gorgeous. All right. Now we're going to take a minute, and we are going to reverse the roles and put you on the pedestal for a moment, okay? And let you stand there proudly okay. and recognize that you are probably a hero to more people in a day with your message, with your power, with your space than you might realize. So thank you to all of the people that you hold space for and that you shine as a hero to. The thank world you. needs those heroes. You're welcome. The world needs those heroes. So as you stand there on that platform with your cake firmly in place, my superhero friend, what's your one liner of wisdom to the world? What's your the only way to live is to risk living. The only way to live is to risk living? Dude, yep. that's beautiful. Expand on that for me. So this is actually a line in um, my book. And it's actually kind of a motto of one of the characters in my book. book. And it's intended to evoke... Um, it's intended to evoke thought about what are you avoiding in your life because you're too afraid to risk it. And all of the big things that we want in life will require some kind of risk, whether it's emotional, physical, mental, um, whether it's your reputation or just like going on a trip by yourself. If you're not willing to risk the discomfort of doing those things, you're not willing to risk living. Mm. And how much challenge in that? How, how much do you think fear plays into that for people? Just the fear oh, of that uh, risk. 100%. Oh, I think it's it's completely about fear. How do you walk your people past that fear of living? How do you walk people past it? Yeah, how do you when you're working with your people? How do you keep how do you get people to recognize that that fear is really power if you turn it around? Right? That's that's just courage that hadn't been prayed for yet, right? Oh yeah. So yeah. I would just ask people to to imagine what life would be like if there was no consequence of what you wanted to do. So if, mm. if you didn't have any consequence to the things that you actually wanted to do, then you would be far more likely to actually do it. 
I talk about this idea of risk versus consequence. And we kind of, tr we equate them, but we really shouldn't because risk is like how much danger are you actually in? And consequence is what's going to happen if that risk falls through. So the example I like to use is um, uh, Alex Honnold. He free soloed, and this is uh, like rock climbing. And free soloing is rock climbing without any ropes or harnesses. He free soloed um, a really, um, oh, what was it called? It wasn't Half Dome. It's in Yosemite Park. Um, but he, he free soloed um, a really difficult climb. And he had very low risk because he was so talented that it was very high consequence because if he fell, he would have died. So he had, even though we look at Alex and think he's crazy for doing that, he really wasn't because he had such low risk from his experience doing those things, but he didn't get to the place of having low risk without risking other things first. So we need to get comfortable with different levels of risk before we can get to a place where we're risking high consequence things, even though the risk is actually low. Right. Good challenge. Right. It's such a, such a refreshing yeah. way to look at it. Right. Most of the times when we get encountered with a, a situation, a, a challenge, something that's new for us, right? So many times our first words are, Ooh, how am I going to do that? Right? Yeah. How am I going to do that? And so you, you automatically set yourself with a 50-50 shot of surviving it because you've, you've given yourself doubt. But if you turn around and go, huh, how am I going to, you know, let's, what do I have that can manage that? Then it becomes a challenge. Why? It's not, oh, why, but how am I going to overcome it? It just kicks off a different chemical process in your brain, you know? And then yeah. you have a much better chance of succeeding if you never doubt yourself. But that's so hard. <laughs> yeah. Well, we're taught to trust other people, right? Trust the doctor, trust the teacher, trust the preacher, trust your parents, trust the lady, trust the nurse, right? Very seldom does anybody say, trust yourself. Yeah. Not a lesson we're regularly taught, but beautiful. Beautiful. Thank you so much. I've had such a great time talking to you. I can just keep having this chat all day. I already know this list of people I'm going to connect this with because they suffer with type 1 diabetes and some of that comes along with it. So, you know, that's one of my favorite things about this, I think, is the people that I get to meet, I always know somebody that goes, oh, right then, right? So, always, it always works out well. It just blesses everybody all around. So, thank you. I am going to say that we're at a place where we have to figure out how to wind down, okay? So I would love for our audience to always remember that we're brought to you by God and by grace and enlighten up. If we can serve you in some way, if you have a story you want to share, if you've got a mission you're on, if you just need to have a conversation, we're interested in what you have to say. So please reach out to us at HeroBuilder2020 at gmail.com. I'm going to make my close by saying thank you so much, Colleen, for your time, for your journey, for your wisdom, for the space that you provide for people, for sharing your time with me today. And uh, I wish you well on your continued and much success you. to you. But I would love to give you the stage and give you an opportunity to close out our show. So give us the last 90 seconds. How would you like to leave our audience today? Just know that no matter what you're going through, this too shall pass. That's a phrase that has gotten me through the hardest times the greatest times, because knowing that there's, there's a, a cycle to life, there's ups and downs, that those are all guaranteed, it means that I'm not going to be surprised by the next trough in this journey of life. So just know that you're not alone in this, and this too shall pass.